0: Amen. Thank you, Brother Smith, and thank you, Miss Sherry Jones, for the singing tonight. Jeremiah chapter thirty-three. I want us to look at a thought from a familiar verse regarding prayer. I'd like for us to, to have some prayer tonight. Jeremiah chapter number thirty-three. Chapter 33, you have that. Let's go ahead and stand together, and if you're able to do so, let's give our honor to the Word of God as we read it, and then we enter into preaching it. Verse number 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, To establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He says there in verse three, I want to show you some great and mighty things. I want us to look focus here tonight. Help us with perspective. When it comes to seeing the great and mighty things. God wanted to do some great and mighty things for Jeremiah. I believe he still wants to do some great and mighty things for his people here tonight. Thank you. Please be seated. What are these great and mighty things in Jeremiah's day? Well, it was the miraculous prophecy that God was giving to Jeremiah that he had been... Revealing that he would one day return Israel to Jerusalem in such great glory. But at the time, the nation of Israel is being overtaken by that great empire, powerful nation, Babylon, under the threat of the most powerful king, Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful nation, most powerful king on earth. And Jeremiah is grappling with Is this prophecy even possible? How is the nation going to be restored in great glory? How is it that God is saying this? Is this just a good idea or is this really what God has in store? And so remember chapter 33 is just right on the heels of chapter 32 where we find in verse 1 and 2 that Jeremiah is confined in prison. So for serving God, he's he's put in prison. He's confined. And and God identified him as he's confined in that courtyard in chapter 32, 32. And God identified himself to Jeremiah, reminding him of his great power, reminding him of his great character. In fact, notice what he says in verse 17 to Jeremiah. Ah. Lord God, chapter 32, verse 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. So by God revealing to Jeremiah that the Lord Jehovah is his name, God emphasized, he's expressing the fact he's a covenant-keeping God. Nothing's too hard for God. God's faithful. God can be faithful even with the unfaithfulness of man. God's people mattered to God. And so the emphasis is to be focusing on God, Jeremiah, not on what's taking place around you. And Jeremiah didn't understand. Still, there's a perplexing, if we were to read this, I think it's very easy to see. He could not seem to understand how God can restore a nation That's destined for doom, especially verse 24 and 25. So God challenges the prophet to call unto God for understanding. For us, there's still some great and mighty things. The great and mighty things for you and me would be the blessings that God wants to give us if we just yield ourselves to him. Our Heavenly Father knows exactly and absolutely what is best for us. He wants to give us His best. Some of it we just can't comprehend. We could not comprehend it if He were to describe it all to us. But the great and mighty things are those priceless, awesome, indescribable blessings of living a life that is dedicated to God and that is thrown at the mercy of God and dependent upon Him. Uh, this is a well-known passage to many of us. And, and uh, it, it helps us see our life and how we too can experience some great and mighty things. Just look at the, it's very simple, looking at the words here. But I don't want us to get so familiar with words that we fail to experience them. So let's look at them, asking God to help us. Notice in verse three, he says, call, call, this Challenge to Jeremiah is a challenge of a request. God does not force Himself on us. Just as He offers salvation, it's up to us to receive it. He has wonderful blessings for us, but He's waiting for us to ask. When it comes to salvation, Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. And if we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Christ raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. But we have to ask when it comes to this matter of inquiring of the Lord, Matthew chapter seven, verse seven and eight, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be open. That's a promise. And the, the idea in those verses is to ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. But you find the increasing of intensity. Asking. It's like you're, you're looking for a particular house. And you pull into a neighborhood and you see somebody walking. And you stop and you ask. And hey, you know where so and so lives. They give you some some direction where they think they may live. And then you go seeking through the neighborhood. And then you find this is it. So what do you do? You go and you knock. Uh, Or you talk to the doorbell. Ask. Seek and knock. Why should we keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking? Because he says for everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be open. E.M. Bounds said what the church needs today is not more machinery or, or better, not new organizations or more novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. So God says call. Number two, he says, call, notice, unto me. Ask the one who can deliver. Ask the one that can make a difference. We do not ask hoping somebody will hear. We call on the Lord who is able. That's, again, Jeremiah 32 and verse 17 when he says, there's nothing too hard for thee. So ask the one that's been said of, there's nothing too hard for him. Jesus gave us a model prayer in which he begins by addressing the father. You find it in Luke, uh, Luke chapter 11 and verse 2. You find it in Matthew chapter number 6. And he gives us that, that prayer, that disciples prayer, our father which art in heaven, very specific. We're not asking just in random. This is not a religious discipline. This is a calling unto him, unto the one that nothing is too hard, to the one who can do anything. Number three, call unto me and. I like that word and here. We don't often like it, When the preacher's saying it, because you know that there's more. (laughs) We're about done, and or but. But when God says it, He's indicating here there is more. God has more in store. And Matthew prayed it in the prayer for the offering. Praying, um, challenging us that we would be have a, an expectancy in God. And that's what he's telling us. Expect to hear from the Lord. Call unto me and... Oh, things get good when we call unto God. We're to ask the one who can deliver in faith. Asking him, but in faith, expecting him to answer. Call unto me and... Our prayers should reflect our confidence and our trust in him. The book of James instructs us to ask in faith, nothing wavering. Listen, you can have a kind of prayer that asks, but doesn't have any expectation of anything happening. Again, John R. Rice wrote a book on that, Asking and Receiving, because he says real prayer asks and receives. And if we're only doing the asking, we're not receiving, we're not really praying. God says, call unto me and. Do you know who the ones are who don't pray? They're the ones who complain. They're the ones who gossip. They're the ones who are critical. God wants us to exercise and demonstrate faith in him, not just talking about it, not talking about the problems, not screaming at the dark things that we don't like, but actually praying, calling to him. God wants us to exercise and demonstrate faith in him. Don't just talk about faith, let's exercise it. Why? Because that's what pleases God. And Hebrews eleven six tells us regarding faith, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The priests at the Jordan River were told to carry that Ark of the Covenant across Jordan. I had a whole new appreciation for this when we saw it there and saw that this wasn't a little trickling creek. They had to step into the water with, that was high, heavy current. And they had to step in, a heavy ark on their shoulders, then God would part the waters. Are you exercising or demonstrating faith in God tonight? What step of faith have you taken for the Lord recently? Number next, call unto me and I. Will. I will answer thee. Expect to see the Lord work. We've already been mentioning expectancy, but expect to see Him work. I will, God says, I will do something. We know that God is at work on our behalf so we can live in light of that precious truth. We know that. We know it in theory, but let's know it in experience. Romans eight twenty eight. once again, those who are surrendered and, and, and submissive and in cooperation with the will of God, God says, I'm at work working all those things together for good in your life. See, when we're surrendered and cooperating with God, we're letting God have his way with our mess, We're letting God have his way in the equation of our life. We're letting God have his way in producing the miracles. But when we're not surrendered and cooperating with him, then we are the ones that are the, we're the uh, contractor, we're the architect, we're the engineer, and we're the ones that are bringing about the life in which God only designed for us to trust him and obey with. And so God says, when you look to me, when you call unto me, God says, I'm going to do something in your life. I've got nothing but good for you. Confidence in God's ability is also confidence in His timing. Believe God. Let Him set the timetable. Don't undermine what God is trying to do. Real faith in God doesn't listen for God and then try to do the work instead of God. Listen, young people, you may get a a vision from God of what God wants you to do. You should. But God's given you leadership in your life and authority in your life to help accomplish that. That's why it's very important, mom and dad, that we're sensitive to the Lord and we don't stand in the way between God speaking to our children. But God's given us a great way in which we can flesh out whether or not this is of me or of God. And one of the things is God doesn't have us go around leadership and authority. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now notice what he says again in verse 3, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee, show thee. This is a wonderful scripture, not just for a preacher or a missionary or some other great Christian that's gifted and talented. This is for any child of God. You know what God is telling us? Set aside the limits. Set aside anything that that you think might limit God. The only thing that limits God is our unbelief. But God's still God, even if we're not trusting Him, but it will limit God from doing the great mighty things in my life if I tolerate unbelief. But set aside the limitations. God wants to do the great and mighty things in your life. He wants you to experience the amazing works of grace and glory. And he knows what is best for you. Psalm 46 and verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Philippians 2 and verse 13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And notice In verse three, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. This lets me know that God, God always wants what is best. God wants what is best for you. That's the type of God that he is. God promised to answer by revealing great and mighty things. The word for mighty, it means something that is made inaccessible by fortifying it or enclosing it. It's used to describe a heavily fortified city. God's plans for the future are inaccessible to just ordinary people. Only God can unlock the secrets of the future. And he offered to Jeremiah some knowledge. And God would share this with Jeremiah, the things the prophet did not know or understand about Israel's future. And his best for our lives are the things, the great and mighty things. See, God is ready. God is willing. God is able to display this in your life for his glory. And so you can live confident. You can live victorious as God puts on an amazing display through you. Stop letting the devil beat you up about your past. The devil has a worse past than you do. So why listen to him? Second Timothy chapter one, Paul says, in verse 12, "I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Let's just call unto God. Jeremiah' is in prison. Maybe you feel like you're shut up in a prison. You're, you're confined because of your own limitations. We all have limitations. Everybody in here has a limitation. And many of us have a bunch of limitations. We have limitless limitations. Let's call unto God who has no limitations. Maybe you feel shut up in a prison of, of doubt and struggle. Is this? I know who God is, but is this going to happen in my life? Can God still be God in my life? I know he blesses others. Can he bless me? And God's telling Jer- Jeremiah has the same question. And God says to Jeremiah, give me a call. Call unto me. Jeremiah, look this way. You're looking at everything around you. But look at me. I'm the covenant-keeping God. My promises mean something. They mean something to God. He wants them to mean something to us. Let's say the verse together. Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. Can we say it together out loud together? Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I'd like for us to pray tonight and and just have a, a, a few moments here of prayer. We've got a lot of things to pray about. We've got a revival meeting. You know what I think of when I think of a revival meeting? I think there's great and mighty things which we don't know that God wants to do. I I think every revival meeting, the Smiths uh, have a revival meeting coming up at their place. I don't all, I I I never try to pretend like I know everything God wants to do. But I I think a revival meeting is no different than Thursday, tomorrow. God's got things He's up to and He wants to do. And, And sometimes He doesn't share those. With us, He's not obligated every day to give us something new, something novel, but He does want us every day to call unto Him, to put our focus back on Him. But we do have the revival meeting. This is the time where the preaching is aimed and geared towards us experiencing God in our heart and experiencing God in our home and not missing what God's up to. So let's pray. Let's pray about that. Let's pray for. Our upcoming school year, um, teachers and our students and the discipling fact, the reviving going on in the in the school. Pray for our young people and 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 the adults that are with them at at stream camp right now. And then there'll be some that'll stay over the next week. It was just a great opportunity for God to do some very deep things in their lives. Let's pray for um, the just a move of God. I, I, I don't want um, church as usual. I don't even know what church as, as usual even really means. I, but I just, I, I, I'm not settling with anything that's below God's standard. I think God meets us at our level of expectation. And so I want to expect God to do here on earth just what he's doing in heaven. And that's what he said to pray. God, do everything. Do everything here that you're wanting to accomplish through yielded people who are going to call unto you and cooperate with you. Let's watch God work. And so let's pray. if you want to come to the altar, you can pray uh, here if, if you would like. And But as the Lord leads, I want, want, want us just to follow the presence of God and, and, um, and just have God attend unto our, our prayers tonight.